Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Keep the Receipts, the One Man Fast Break. I am your host, Altamash, and before we continue with this episode, I did kind of want to go back with the theme of the podcast, Keeping the Receipts, to discuss a little small clip from the last episode. So here it is. This is under the assumption that the Celtics will take care of business tonight, which I've Expect them to. I really think it might be a blowout. I think the Warriors might lose by like double digits tonight to the Celtics. And then the biggest game of the series to me is going to be game four. Assuming everything plays out like I expect, the biggest game of the series is going to be game four. Can the Warriors tie that series up, make it 2-2? And now we are back to the current episode. Not to toot my own horn, but just a little bit, I guess. Um, As I predicted, the the series was going to be... The Celtics were going to win game three pretty handedly, which they did. And the biggest game of the series was going to be game four. The reason for that is I felt the Celtics um, were going to take care of business and the entire series was going to hinge on game four. If the Celtics go up 3-1, I think the series is over in six. Now, I really think there's a chance the series is going to go to seven games, which as a fan of the NBA, I have to be really excited for. I'm hoping no team wins the next two games because... The way the series has gone and the way this the playoffs have gone for both teams is they haven't lost after uh, they haven't lost back to back games. So and obviously the same still applies. They've alternated victories in the first four games, and I hope that's the case until Game Seven and maybe the may the best team win. But this episode definitely want to you know do something that I'm not used to doing or maybe doing a lot of is I gotta give major props. And love to Steph Curry because game four was the most signature game in Steph Curry's finals, legacy, career, whatever. That's that's a signature game in Steph Curry's finals career because he's out, he's been to a lot of finals. He's won more than he's lost, obviously, but he's never had a great he's never had a moment like the one that he had in game four where it's a must-have. You cannot go down 3-1 to the Celtics. You're not coming back. Your team is not necessarily even good enough, I don't believe, to be able to do it if you go down 3-1. On the road, in Boston, you know, the Garden, the Aura, the, the championships, the whole thing. And Steph Curry put on a masterful performance. And he was magnificent in that game. You know, he played 41 minutes. Usually, Steph's one of those guys where he doesn't necessarily play a lot of you know, high minutes, but you got to do what you got to do. Steve Kerr kind of made some sense as well. He, he played Steph that pretty much that entire third quarter instead of what he did in game three when he took him out, kind of got him a little bit out of the rhythm. By the time he came back, the game was pretty much out of, like it wasn't out of reach, but the Celtics had the momentum and kind of just carried that all the way home in game three. But Steph played amazing. He played 41 minutes, like I said, 14 of 26, 53% from the field, 50% from the three-point line, and then he was 8 of 9 from the free-throw line. We know he's deadly as they come, the greatest free-throw shooter ever, the greatest three-point shooter, the greatest shooter the game has ever seen. And he played like a super-duper star. And those that's a signature moment, and I have to get major loves, right? When you drop 40 in 43 points, he got 10 rebounds as well. Like Steph was doing everything on the court. And to me, the biggest thing in the game was that I felt like anytime Boston got any momentum in the game, the game was kind of nip and tuck, right? Nobody really got a big lead and it was back and forth. 
unlike the previous three games where one team got a big lead, the other team came back, vice versa, or whatever. It was like very big runs in all three games. This one was nip and tuck all the way through until the uh, end of the fourth or when the Warriors took over. But I felt like every time it felt the Celtics could maybe get onto a run, you know, 8-0, 10-0, where they, you know, get a double-digit lead or they get an eight-point lead, Steph always came back with an answer. And that's a sign of a great player. He he did not let his team, he willed his team to that victory. Yes, Klay Thompson has some shots. He was struggling in the first half. And don't even get me started about Draymond Green. I have no idea what has happened to Draymond Green. He seems scared. He seems timid. Like, Draymond, everything that Draymond Green makes him great, he's doing the complete opposite. I remember in years past, and also like this year, Draymond Green, the guy would, you know, he would drive, like if he had a little, you know, mid-range floater in the paint while he's driving, he would shoot that. And it just seems like he doesn't want to shoot anything. Like he could be, he's been like right near the rim multiple times where I felt like, okay, he could shoot this ball. And he's just like pump fake, pass it back out. And literally he's become a complete liability. He's kind of playing like Ben Simmons, you know, and that's a very... That's a very terrible thing for the Warriors if Draymond keeps playing like this because I don't know if they can keep they can overcome that. Yes, he got a couple good rebounds and you know Andrew Wiggins and Kavon Looney, those were the unsung heroes of the game. They both ended up getting double digit rebounds. I think it was like 25 rebounds between them or something like that, 25 plus. And th- those are winning plays. You get rebounds, offensive rebounds. Andrew Wiggins had a few shots during their run when they were like taking the lead in the fourth quarter. He got a couple layups. He got a couple rebounds. He put uh, got some putbacks. And when it felt like maybe the Celtics were going to get a little momentum going and maybe, you know, get a five, seven point lead, Andrew Wiggins layup, Andrew Wiggins put back, those things. Obviously, Klay Thompson came. He hit that big three from the top of the key when he was struggling the entire game. And. The Warriors came in and did what they do. They stole home court advantage back. And now it's a best of three. As a fan of the NBA, I love to see it. But I wanted to make this episode strictly about Steph Curry and how great he was because the moment asked for him to be great and he did deliver in a great way. And like one thing I don't want is people be like, oh, this the, the Warriors aren't good. And he's like, the, the, the Warriors have good players. And... All of them play it a part. And this is always my like point to everything. Is like It's always been a team game. It doesn't matter. If Andrew Wiggins doesn't get those rebounds, if Kevon Looney does not get those offensive rebounds, Steph could have 45, and they're still going to lose because those critical plays are just as valuable as Steph's threes that he was hitting. And he was hitting a lot of them, and he was hitting them at a high clip. And that's... Steph's been amazing. Like he's Everybody knows he's going to shoot the ball. Everybody knows the defense has stopped stack to stop him and like you know Jason Tatum said I promise we're not like I think he was asked a question in terms of hey you know what do you do to stop Steph Curry and like you know uh, Jason Tatum was like I promise you we're trying our best to stop him right and that's kind of the the sign of the greatest players that's ever played the game Steph whoever LeBron whatever you just want to name Kevin Durant whoever that's the that's the sign of the great the greats of the greats is you know who's going to shoot it you know what they want to do you still can't stop him from doing that and the Celtics made some mistakes too where they were playing some drop coverage for some odd reason on Steph when I'm like, dude, just double team. Like, he should be an automatic trap every single time. I felt like sometimes Grant Williams, uh, not Grant Williams, Robert Williams would like, he would just drop for some reason. And it's like, dude, that's Steph Curry. That's the greatest shooter ever. And he's hot and he's playing like an MVP. You got to close that up. You almost have to trap him every time they set a pick and roll. Just get the ball out of his hands and you hope the other guys, you know, 
are kind of off their game a little bit because what ends up happening is everybody's so worried about the other shooters, right? Like Clay can get hot just like that. We talked about that. And Clay had his game in game game three where he was really hot. Steph had 31, Clay had 25. So Clay had one of his Clay games. Um, unfortunately, they didn't win, and it really wasn't even that close. Like the Warriors made it close, they came back, but uh, when Steph uh, when the Steph Curry came back in the fourth quarter, he had his turnovers. He wasn't great in Game Three. To let's be fair, like he wasn't very good in the fourth quarter. Um, the game wasn't out of reach when Steph came back, but they they had their chances, and obviously they didn't make the plays. But in Game Four, Steph made the plays. The Warriors made the plays. They hustled. They were just a little quicker to the ball in the fourth quarter, based on what I could see. Felt like they wanted it a little bit more, but. If the Celtics keep playing that drop coverage on Steph, they're in deep, deep trouble because he's already hot. He's already got the confidence. And once a great player's got that confidence and they know, like, hey, I got it rolling, and Steph's had it rolling the entire series pretty much, it's going to be big, big trouble for the Celtics. And I feel they need to get it together um, because I – I think right now, if I had to predict what's going to happen, I think it's, like I said, I think it's going to be a seven-game series, and I expect both teams to win their games at home. And if, again, if the Celtics somehow steal game five, I think they win in six. Um, But I think even if the Warriors win game five, I think the Celtics will win six. Maybe I'm speaking uh, as strictly as a fan because I would love to see a game seven um, because when everything's on the line, it's just like you see the nerves, you see the the moment, and you kind of see who who shrinks, who builds up. And it's just the, the, the tension is great to watch, especially if you're not a fan of either team. And I'm obviously not a fan of either team. But I can't imagine being a fan in those moments, especially Game 7. Oh, my God, like the nerves got to be crazy. <laughs> but this episode, I really want to just really give major love to Steph because I thought, you know, as a Steph doubter or whatever you want to say, Steph hater, I have my <laughs> reasons for that. But, you know, that moment was outstanding and for him to do what he did for him to carry his team like he did 34 years old in a big moment when like i mean if they lose it's like oh steph played well like i you can't even be mad if they would have lost because steph played great and sometimes you can't overcome your teammates and it's just kind of the truth of a, a lot of situations a lot of great players have gone through that steph's always had the luxury that when they've been great they were really great because Clay was in his prime, Draymond was in his prime, and yes, they, they built that team and Steph is the leader and all of that. And that's 100% true. But whenever Steph has been in those moments, it's always felt like he's had a better team than the team that he was going up against. The other time that he had something similar was in 2019 against the Raptors. He dropped 47, they lost that game. He had that three-pointer at the end of the game uh, to win the game and he missed. And Steph's had his moments where he's been great, but it's always felt like he's been on the better team. And this playoffs, like this this final series, to me, of course, as I mentioned before, I think the Celtics are overall a better team. But the Celtics do not have the best player. And Celtics' best player, Jason Tatum, has been playing terrible. And if they lose this series and Jason Tatum keeps playing like he's playing, he's going to get a lot of flack because Jalen Brown, that other guy on his team, has been balling out. And Jalen Brown right now is the finals MVP for the Celtics if they win the series. He might still be the finals MVP. And obviously, Jason Tatum has two, three, he has three, at, at the most, three games to prove why he's at that borderline cusp of a superstar. And he's got to play like that for the next couple of, he needs to play that out of two out of three games if they want to win the title. Because if he keeps playing like he's playing, 
the Celtics are going to lose. And you can't overcome that as a team. You can't overcome your best player or your second best player. Right now in the series, he's definitely like the second or third best player. I think Al Horford's playing better than him. Even You could even argue a little bit Marcus Smart's playing better than him. And Jason Tatum, talent-wise, should be the best player. But he has not been playing like that. He's been struggling mightily from the field, from the three-point line. Um, and it's going to be... It's going to be really bad for Jason Tatum if they lose the series and he continues to struggle. Now, if he plays well and they lose, okay, that's just kind of sometimes that just kind of how the cookie crumbles. So it's no big deal. But Jason Tatum needs to get his act together. He's kind of like the reason the Celtics aren't winning these games because I feel like I said, I feel like the talent gap is much bigger in the favor of the Celtics, but their best players in playing like that. And Steph Curry being the best player in the entire series has closed that gap of talent that I think that is there. Now, some people might not see that, but I really think that the talent gap is substantial enough that the Celtics should have won the series in six. Now, I don't know if they're going to because going back to Golden State, going back to San Francisco for game five, which is tomorrow night, I it's, it's really tough to see them winning in Golden State. But they've always been resilient. And it, again, they haven't lost a game once... They, they haven't lost back-to-back games in the playoffs. So history says that they're going to win in game five. But then history says the Warriors are going to win game six. And then we're back to game seven, which I would love to see a game seven. And I'm hoping that's what we get as a as a, as, as a fan of the game, as a fan of just, you know, history. You want to see game sevens, finals, everything on the line. But uh, this will conclude this week's episode. This episode, not this week's episode. Um... This episode, I will try to get one out for a preview of Game 5 and kind of where I see things going. But I would love to see the series going to 7, and that's kind of been like my main point. But this episode, you know, after all the hating, a little bit of hating that I do on Steph and the Warriors, I have to give love where love is due. And the guy just balled out, and there's, 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 nothing, there's nothing you can say about that. That was an amazing game. And... That, I just gotta you gotta give you gotta give props and I, I can't be a hater forever you got when you got there and prove it kind of similar to the Giannis thing when you go out there and you finally do it like dude major love to you um so this will conclude this this episode thank you guys so much for listening and on that note I'm out